welcome to the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I'm not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God and gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips and merchandise available on my website, and that is www move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they're not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check those out on my website as well, www.move-forth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Well, today is day 58. We will be reading Leviticus 20, 22 through 22, 16, Mark 9, 1 through 29, Psalm 43, 1 through 5, and Proverbs 10, 18. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for your presence today in our lives. Thank you for guiding us and giving us your wisdom each and every day. Help us to take it into our hearts and to remember that your way is the way. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus 20.22 through 22.16. You must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. Otherwise, the land to which I am bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. Do not live according to the customs of the people I am driving out before you. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest, that I detest them. But I have promised you, you will possess their land because I will give it to you as your possession, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. You must therefore make a distinction between ceremonially clean and unclean animals and between clean and unclean birds. You must not defile yourselves by eating any unclean animal or bird or creature that scurries along the ground. I have identified them as being unclean for you. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult the spirits of the dead must be put to death by stoning. They are guilty of a capital offense. The Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. A priest must not make himself ceremonially unclean by touching the dead body of a relative. The only exceptions are his closest relatives, his mother or father, son or daughter, brother or his virgin sister, who depends on him because she has no husband. But a priest must not defile himself and make himself unclean for someone who is related to him only by marriage. The priests must not shave their heads or trim their beards or cut their bodies. They must be set apart as holy to their God and must never bring shame on the name of God. They must be holy for they are the ones who present the special gifts to the Lord, gifts of food for their God. 
Priests may not marry a woman defiled by prostitution, and they may not marry a woman who is divorced from her husband, for the priests are set apart as holy to their God. You must treat them as holy because they offer up food to your God. You must consider them holy because I, the Lord, am holy and I make you holy. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she also defiles her father's holiness and she must be burned to death. The high priest has the highest rank of all the priests. The anointing oil has been poured on his head and he has been ordained to wear the priestly garments. He must never leave his hair uncombed or tear his clothing. He must not defile himself by going near a dead body. He may not make himself ceremonially clean, excuse me, ceremonially unclean, even for his father or mother. He must not defile the sanctuary of his God by leaving it to attend to a dead person, for he has been made holy by the anointing oil of his God. I am the Lord. The high priest may marry only a virgin. He may not marry a widow, a woman who is divorced, or a woman who has defiled herself by prostitution. She must be a virgin from his own clan, so that he will not dishonor his descendants among his clan. For I am the Lord who makes him holy. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to Aaron. In all future generations, none of your descendants who has any defect will qualify to offer food to his God. No one who has a defect qualifies whether he is blind, lame, disfigured, deformed, or has a broken foot or arm, or is hunchbacked or dwarfed, or has a defective eye or skin sores or scabs or damaged testicles. No descendant of Aaron who has a defect may approach the altar to present special gifts to the Lord. Since he has a defect, he may not approach the altar to offer food to his God. However, he may eat from the food offered to God, including the holy offerings and the most holy offerings. Yet, because of his physical defect, he may not enter the room behind the inner curtain or approach the altar, for this would defile my holy places. I am the Lord who makes them holy. So Moses gave these instructions to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to be very careful with the sacred gifts that the Israelites set apart for me, so they do not bring shame on my holy name. I am the Lord. Give them the following instructions. In all future generations, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean, when he approaches the sacred offerings that the people of Israel consecrate to the Lord, he must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. If any of Aaron's descendants has a skin disease or any kind of discharge that makes him ceremonially unclean, he may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has been pronounced clean. He also becomes unclean by touching a corpse or by having an emission of semen or by touching a small animal that is unclean or by touching someone who is ceremonially unclean for any reason. The man who is defiled in any of these ways will remain unclean until evening. He may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has bathed himself in water. When the sun goes down, he will be ceremonially clean again and may eat from the sacred offerings, for this is his food. He may not eat an animal that has died a natural death or has been torn apart by wild animals, for this would defile him. I am the Lord. The priests must follow my instructions carefully. Otherwise, they will be punished for their sin and will die for violating my instructions. I am the Lord who makes them holy. No one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. Even guests and hired workers in a priest's home are not allowed to eat them. However, if the priest buys a slave for himself, the slave may eat from the sacred offerings. And if his slaves have children, they also may share his food. If a priest's daughter marries someone outside the priestly family, she may no longer eat the sacred offerings. But if she becomes a widow or is divorced and has no children to support her, and she returns to live in her father's home, as in her youth, 
she may eat her father's food again. Otherwise, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. Any such person who eats the sacred offerings without realizing it must pay the priest for the amount eaten, plus an an additional 20%. The priests must not let the Israelites defile the sacred offerings brought to the Lord by allowing unauthorized people to eat them. This would bring guilt upon them and require them to pay compensation. I am the Lord who makes them holy. Mark 9, 1-29 Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by raising from the dead. Then they asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming, first to get everything ready. Yet why do the scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they chose to abuse him just as the scriptures predicted. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of them in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire and in, or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Psalm 43, 1-5 Declare me innocent, O God. 
Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars. For you, God, for you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10, 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. And that concludes our reading time for today. All right, let's see here. Uh, I do want to also open my study Bible really quickly uh, to Mark today. I definitely want to take a look in there. All right, so we're going to go ahead and head over to the companion and see what questions we might have for today. All right, so in Leviticus today, in 21, 16 through 23, the question is, was God unfairly discriminating against handicapped people when he said they were unqualified to offer sacrifices? Just as God demanded that no imperfect animals be used for sacrifice, he required that no handicapped priests offer sacrifices. This was not meant as an insult. Rather, it had to do with the fact that the priest must match as closely as possible the perfect God he served. Of course, such perfection was not fully realized until Jesus Christ came. As Levites, the handicapped priests were protected and supported with food from the sacrifices. They were not abandoned because they still performed many essential services within the tabernacle. And in 2144, why did the high priest have to marry a virgin? The high priest could not marry a widow as other priests could, much less one divorced or a harlot. High priests were a type of Christ, as the church is to be presented as a chaste virgin to Christ, so the high priest could marry only a virgin. All right, and then over in Mark today, in verse 9, verse 2, why did Jesus only take Peter, James, and John to the mountain? We don't know why Jesus singled out Peter, James, and John for this special revelation of his glory and purity. Perhaps they were the ones most ready to understand and accept this great truth. These three disciples were the inner circle of the group of 12. They were among the first to hear Jesus' call in Mark 1, 16-19. They headed the gospel lists of disciples in Mark three sixteen, and they were present at certain healings where others were excluded, and that is in Luke eight fifty one. In verses 3 through 8, what was the significance of the transfiguration? The transfiguration revealed Christ's divine nature as God's son. God's voice singled Jesus out from Moses and Elijah as the long-awaited Messiah with full divine authority. Moses represented the law and Elijah the prophets. With their appearance, Jesus was shown as the fulfillment of both the Old Testament law and the prophetic promises. Jesus was not a reincarnation of Elijah or Moses. He was not merely one of the prophets. As God's only son, he far surpasses their authority and power. Very powerful. And can you imagine, can you imagine being Peter, James, and John that day? I, <laughs> I would be like, wow. Speechless. Yes, very much so. That would be me. 
Okay, I just want to double check that there isn't anything to share with you from my study Bible in um, in verse 29, 929 in Mark today. So Jesus replied to their question, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And he replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. So I'd like to um, go ahead and go over to the study Bible and check that out. Okay, so this is what it says over here. The disciples would often face difficult situations that could be resolved only through prayer. Prayer is the key that unlocks God's power in our lives. Effective prayer needs both an attitude of complete dependence and the action of asking. Prayer demonstrates our reliance on God as we humbly but confidently invite him to unleash the power of his Holy Spirit within us in order to accomplish his will and work through us. Prayer also, in some mysterious way, activates some of God's work on earth to build his kingdom and to push back Satan's effort to hurt and destroy God's people. God doesn't need our prayers to do this, but he chooses to work in concert with them to accomplish his work in the world. There is no substitute for prayer, especially in circumstances that seem impossible. So very good um, wisdom right there. All right, and we continue in one of our psalms um, written by Korah, and um, let's see here. Uh, The holy mountain they're speaking of is Mount Zion in this psalm today, and the theme in this one is hope in a time of discouragement. In the face of discouragement, our only hope is in God. And that is true indeed. All right, we will go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together. Thank you for uh, just bringing us your word and your wisdom today. And we just pray that we can continue to pray, that we can Uh, uh, that we can unlock your Holy Spirit within us, that we can know that he is working within us in this world right now in the kingdom of God right here on earth. And we just thank you for um, (laughs) just having the opportunity to, to, to do that. And we just pray that we can come closer and closer to you each day that our faith can grow stronger in you each day and that we can uh, have a grateful heart for your gift of grace to us through sending us Jesus to die and to take our place and to save us from sin and death. And we just thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior. We thank you for uh, being willing to lay down your life for each and every one of us. And we just... We pray for all of those in our lives who need to know Jesus. We say this prayer in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I just have a small favor. If you are enjoying this podcast, not because of what I say or anything, just that It is a podcast that helps to share the Word of God. 
if, if you are enjoying this, if you wouldn't mind just uh, leaving a review, if you listen on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate that. And just so that if other people are searching for a, a Bible podcast, that they could maybe find it a little bit more easily. So I would love to hear from you. And I just thank you for, for joining in and for being here and for building your relationship with God, our Father. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.